So this afternoon, I'd like to take a break from the study that I've been doing in 1 Peter to focus on the subject of Thanksgiving, as it is Thanksgiving um, weekend or Thanksgiving day, and just consider, um, just continue on in this in this theme, and consider the commandment um, that we read about in First Thessalonians five eighteen, um, which won't be our main text, but uh, just consider this commandment of thankfulness that where it says, "In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God." in Christ Jesus concerning you. And this is a sobering verse for me as I read this and I consider what that verse really means to in everything give thanks. And also the fact that thanksgiving, this this command to give thanks is, as it says, the will of God. It is God's will. And I think for all of us, we would acknowledge and recognize that sometimes it is easy to be thankful, um, especially on a day or a weekend like this where things, um, generally speaking, are, are going well, are right. We have more than enough food on the table and we have um, just a special occasion, a holiday, a, a time to take um, time off of work and just reflect on um, on being thankful. And it, like I said, it's, it's easy sometimes in certain moments to be thankful but I think we would all acknowledge that there are other times, many times in our lives, when it's not easy to be thankful. It's hard to be thankful. Especially as it says here in this verse in First Thessalonians, where it says, In everything, give thanks. That's everything. That's not some things. That's not most things. That's everything. And for us, um, as human beings, thank thanksgiving does not come naturally to us. As sinful people, thanksgiving does not come naturally. And our tendency is to grumble, to complain, to become discontent, to feel entitled, and cultivating a heart of gratitude, as we are called to in the scriptures, is something, like I said, that that does not come easily. It does not come naturally to us. And it's something that requires us to to fight for that, to be intentional in that, and to, to cultivate within our hearts. And I think all of us would agree that being truly thankful is not simply an outward thing. It's not just the sort of words of saying thank you, you know, expressing thanks. But really, it is something that goes on and that comes out of our hearts. And I just think of the example of, and for myself being a parent with my children, you know, there's many times where I'll go to them and I'll say, or I'll I'll ask them to say thank you. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, for myself and for Lori, as parents, we're, we're training our children to do that. And for all parents, the reason that we do that is, is not just to, sort of uh, um, to instill in them some social courtesy or just some mannerisms. I think for most of us who are, are good parents, the reason that we tell our children that is that we want to cultivate within them a heart of gratitude to really truly be thankful, to recognize that what they have it has that they've been given, um, that they should feel that and that they should want to say that, not just to actually say it as sort of a rote duty or some sort of manner that they are to keep. 
True thankfulness is a heart issue, and it flows out of a heart of gratitude. And that's what we'll see in the text that we read today. And and for that reason, I've chosen to title this sermon, The Heart of Gratitude. The Heart of Gratitude. And it's it's something that we should all desire for our spiritual well-being, to have that heart of gratitude. And to, to recognize the grace that has been given to us, and to be thankful. And I think really, in many ways recognizing what's been given to us, recognizing that grace that we have all received, and then expressing thanks for that, gratitude for that, is in many ways a indication of our spiritual health. When I consider my own life, and I think of the times when I am not thankful, when I become discontented, when I start complaining, and I have that sort of complaining attitude, Usually, it is an indicator that there's something wrong in my heart. There's something that's not right. And I, I, there's this sense of sort of spiritual dullness that I have, and I've, I've forgotten about the grace that I have received. That's usually the symptom of sort of some, a deeper-rooted problem that's going on in my heart. And we've all, I think, fallen into this trap before. We've all demonstrated those things of either discontent, like I said, or pl- or complaining, so just having that attitude. And we need to be reminded from the Word of God and through His Spirit to repent of that, to repent of the sin of thanklessness, and to cultivate in our heart a heart of gratitude. That's our responsibility. And to do that, we, we, we need to look to the Word of God for that to be accomplished in our lives and to look to the Scriptures, not just as a reminder of the command to be thankful, but also to search the Scriptures for an example or a model of what it means to truly be thankful, to have a heart of gratitude. So I'd like for us, there's, there's a, several different Scriptures that we could look at, but I would like for us to turn to Luke chapter 17. We'll use this as our foundational text, and we'll consider the account of the ten lepers who were healed. I think this is a good model for us of demonstration from Scripture of of, uh, a heart of gratitude that we see here in this text. So Luke chapter 17, we'll begin at verse 11, and we'll read down through verse 19. Luke 17, beginning with verse 11. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met them ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, Show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. 
And he said unto him, Arise, and go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. May God bless his word. As I mentioned before, recognizing grace and being thankful is a sign of our spiritual health. It is a reflection of our spiritual health. And in this account that we read here, we witnessed, or we are witnesses of, both the physical and the spiritual healing that took place in this Samaritan leper. So often, it seems like within scriptures, as we read through the accounts of Jesus' interaction with people, we see that there, this was oftentimes the case, that those who received physical healing also received a spiritual healing at that same moment. And this is a beautiful example of that. As Jesus says at the end of the text that we read here, he said, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made you whole. And what I find so interesting and so um, amazing and applicable for what we're studying here this afternoon is that we see in this text here both grace and thankfulness coming together. Side by side, we see that sort of intersection of the two. We see the grace that was received, the healing that this leper, or that all of these lepers received. But then, uh, specifically of the Samaritan leper, we see the recognition of that grace that he received from God. And then an overflowing in thankfulness or gratitude for what had taken place in his life. And it is a beautiful witness and a beautiful testimony and example for us. The gratitude that this, ex- that this Samaritan expressed is another glorious illustration of what grace does in our lives. It's a glorious illustration of what grace does in all of our lives. And as we examine our lives, um, we can see here, as I said, a, a model of someone who recognized grace and demonstrated a heart of gratitude. So here this afternoon, just sort of as an outline of where we're going, um, first off, I'll just take a few minutes to explain the details of the story in verses 11 through 14. Then we'll focus on the response of the Samaritan leper, the example that he gave us here in verses 15 through 16, and then uh, I will make some applications. So first off, we see, or we read here in verses 11 and 12, uh, it says, And it came to pass, as he, that's Jesus, went to Jerusalem, he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee, and as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. So first of all, we see the encounter that took place with Jesus and these ten lepers. Um, they, are, we, they were a group of lepers, which was oftentimes the case with lepers. They, they sort of congregated together. And the text says that they stood afar off. And the reason is because in those days, the belief was that leprosy was a very, very contagious disease. And they sort of isolated themselves or, or quarantined themselves like, like we're so used to hearing nowadays. But they, they were sort of separated because they did not want to infect those who were around them. And they were isolated from society. And they all had the same condition. Um, yet, at the same moment, the condition of their heart was not the same. 
And it says here in verse 13 that as, as Jesus was, was coming by, they obviously had heard of Jesus and they knew of Jesus. It says that they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Have mercy on us. They were seeking mercy. They realized that the sickness that they had, the disease that they have, was not something that they could deal with on their own. There was no cure for this disease. And ultimately, if left long enough, it would lead to the end of their life. So they were in a desperate situation with really no hope. So they're crying out to Jesus for mercy. And and then it says in verse 14, it says, And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go and show yourselves unto the priests. Now, it seems a little bit strange um, for those who don't understand sort of the, the culture or the way that it was. Um, if someone was healed of a disease, they would need to be declared clean or cleansed by the priest. That was the one who would be able to um, sort of make this declaration that, yes, in fact, they had been healed and they were they were you know, over and through with this disease. And so Jesus says to them, he says, go and show yourself to the priest. So they, they begin um, walking, they start walking towards the priest, and we see there's sort of certain level of, I guess, obedience or faith that they all had to follow the command that Jesus gave to them. And they start walking towards to present themselves to the to the priest. And then it says in the later half of the verse, it says, And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. They received healing along the way. And there was sort of a a distinct moment, I think, in which perhaps one of them or, or several of them in a moment realized as they were on their way to the priest that they had been healed. And they all realized that healing had come upon them. They were all healed. But the interesting thing that we see is that, the, as I mentioned before, the response of one of them was very different than the others. And that, I think, is the testimony for us of the, the example that we can see of this Samaritan leper, as he was identified at. In verse 15, we see the response. It says, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, and I'll just, I'll stop there right now, because we have to understand that that was the moment there, there was there was this this lead up, but ultimately there was a distinct moment when he realized that he had received grace, he had received healing from the Lord, and and it says here when he saw that he was healed in that moment, what did he do? Because if we're looking for an illustration or an example of what a heart of gratitude, because we know that this man had a heart of gratitude based on the details of this text. We know that fact. What was it that he did? What was his response that is an example for us of someone who had a true, genuine heart of gratitude in that moment? And I think, at least from what I can see, there are four things that we see here. Um, this may not be all-encompassing of what it, what a heart of gratitude look like, looks like, but I think from the text, from the scriptures, we see four things, four characteristics of this man and of someone who has a heart of gratitude. And we'll, God willing, look at these characteristics or these trademarks together and contrast them with the response of the other nine, right? Because we, we, I, we can see that they did not have a heart of gratitude. 
So as we, we take these two things and we look at, look at them side by side and, and, and sort of filter them and examine them in our, in, examine our own lives in the light of these two things, we can gain understanding of what a true heart of gratitude is. And Jesus even acknowledged these other ones who, who did not have that heart of gratitude. He said, where were, where were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? So we see this, this contrast. There were nine that did not come back. We'll, we'll maybe start with that. There were nine that did not come back. And I don't think that, um, the fact that sort of this ratio of, of nine to one is necessarily has any particular significance, but I think it probably is actually pretty accurate of the fact that, um, it's hard, it's hard to find those who are genuinely grateful people. You know, when we look around us in this world, we see that this world and the people of this world are filled with ungratefulness and, and thanklessness. There's no question about that. We see, it's almost like everyone, you know, in every society and every group is sort of complaining about, you know, the, the fact that they're getting shortchanged. And we just see a lot of, of, of ungratefulness within society at large and within individuals, even as we talk to people. And if someone is genuinely grateful, like this Samaritan man, he sticks out in the crowd. And like I said, I don't think there's any particular significance in the 9 to 1 ratio, but I think that there's some accuracy in that, in, in the sense that someone who is genuinely grateful really does stick out in the crowd, like this Samaritan leper. So let's look at his example and, and consider it in our own life. And like I said, there's four four points that I have, four characteristics that we see of, of how this Samaritan responded. And the first one is this. His gratitude moved him. His gratitude moved him. Look at verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. His gratitude moved him. It caused him to turn back in that moment that he recognized the grace that he received, the healing that he received, and that was given unto him, there was this recognition that he had. And it didn't just stay in his head, but it came out in his actions. It caused him to turn back. Remember, there was ten of them that that were cleansed, but in that moment, only one of them, they all realized at the same moment, but only one of them actually turned back, as it says here. The ungrateful saw what had happened, but it did not impact them. It did not move them. But for this grateful Samaritan leper who had a a true heart of gratitude, it caused him to turn back and it, it moved him in a way. And I think the same applies for all of us as we consider our own lives um, and, and examine the genuineness of our gratitude. Genuine gratitude will move you. And it will bring about a sense of action within you. And I, I think of just the applications that, that apply for those of us who are here, um, even for the children who are here, you know, your gratitude, genuine gratitude, will move you to go and say thank you when something is given to you. It's not, not just because your parents told you to say thank you, but because you really want to say thank you and because you have that genuineness and, and it's, it's, it's not a sense of duty or mannerisms, but it comes from your heart. 
And even for us, brothers and sisters, um, the, the genuine gratitude will also move us. It will move us to recognize and to seek out those who have blessed us and to thank them for it and to express um, that gratitude for what they have done. And I know for myself, I have been a recipient of that, um, whether it's receiving a card or an email or something that um, is an expression of thanksgiving that someone has given to me. And, and it's a blessing. I think we've all received that in one way or another, and we, we recognize that it is a blessing. And it's humbling for me because when I really examine my life, I, I realize that I don't do this very often. This is not something that I do. I have done it on occasion, but it's not sort of a, a regular thing. And it's an indictment to me that perhaps I don't have a heart of gratitude the way that I ought to. Because if I did, it would move me more than it does. And, and oftentimes, more often than not, it doesn't. And a genuine, but a genuine heart of gratitude will move you like it did this Samaritan leper. The second thing that we see is that his gratitude was obvious. His gratitude was obvious. Look at again at verse 15 here. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. With a loud voice, he glorified God. His gratitude was obvious to all around him. His thanks was loud. It was clear. It was unmistakable. And it revealed, I think, I believe, what was going on in his heart. The fact that he was loud shows the depth of his gratitude. The scripture goes, almost goes out of its way to clarify that, that he, he, he did this with a loud voice. It doesn't just say that he glorified God. He, he glorified God with a loud voice. It was obvious. He was grateful and it came out in a way that was obvious to everyone around him. And likewise, the application is true for us as well, is that our gratitude should be obvious. It should never be assumed. It should never be subtle. It should never be casual. It should never be sort of an afterthought. But it should be obvious. It should be clear. It should be unmistakable that we are truly thankful but so often it is not, and we, we use these, I use these lame excuses like, oh, you know, they know that I'm thankful, or, you know, I'll say next, I'll say thanks next time I see them. And I think, I believe that that comes from a heart that is true, from, from a lack of gratitude within my heart when I see that. And maybe I'm sort of stretching the illustration here, but, but I can almost imagine, um, that that was the attitude that these other nine Lepers who did not give thanks had, the, the, the ungrateful ones. They sort of had this assumption that they were thankful. I think in that moment, if anyone would have gone up to them after they realized that they were healed and, and asked them, oh, are you thankful for what happened? They would have said, yeah, sure, I'm thankful. But there was this sense of assumption. It didn't, it didn't move them and it was not an obvious thing that they were thankful. And it didn't drive them to actually go back and, and to say thank you as this Samaritan leper did. But that was not the case with this one. It, it was obvious. And, and I, I think maybe just as a quick point here, um, just as we think about our, our Thanksgiving being obvious, um, the question that comes to mind is, should our 
expressions of thanks be something that others see? Is it something that really should be very obvious to everyone around? And I believe that the answer is yes, it should be. I think it's a right and a good thing that it is obvious to everyone around. It, it definitely was in the case of this man here, as we can see, um, you know, and, and it should be the same in our lives. Um, we see that this man rightly gave immediately, in that moment, immediately he gave thanks to God. He turned around, he glorified God, he gave thanks to him, and, and we'll talk about that more in a moment. But it says here, with a loud voice, he glorified God. He made it obvious, he made it known. It was not subtle, but it was obvious to everyone. And in the same way, I believe that our, that is appropriate for our gratitude, our thanksgiving, our appreciation to be known to others. It's not something that we should, should hide or keep, keep quiet. Especially based on just the next point here as we, as it's illustrated here where it says that he fell down on his face at Jesus' feet and gave him thanks. I mean, how obvious is that, right? He comes to Jesus and he literally falls on his face and everybody, I'm sure his disciples were around, I'm sure there was a group of people all watching this in that moment, but he made it so known. And I think just that fact also leads us to our third point here, our third characteristic. So first, it was, um, it moved him. Secondly, it was obvious. And then thirdly, we see that his gratitude moved him to humility. It humbled him. As it says here, he fell down on his face at Jesus' feet and gave him thanks. This Samaritan leper recognized, he recognized in that moment that what he had received, he did not deserve. He recognized that what he had received was the grace of God. He recognized that very obviously. And a true heart of gratitude, I believe, comes when we understand that everything that we have is from God and that really we deserve nothing. When you start with that sort of foundation and that perspective that everything that we have is a gift from God, if I live another day, that is a gift from God. If I continue to be healthy, that is a gift from God. That's not something that I deserve. In fact, I deserve to die right now because of my sin. So the fact that everything, everything that we have is a grace of God. And when we consider it in that perspective, it moves us. Even, and I'll, I'll go so far as to say this, even for those of us who are believers, that includes our trials, that includes our suffering, our difficulties in life, whether we lose our keys and, and, you know, it totally wrecks our day, or even something more serious, like we're diagnosed with cancer. All of those things, all of the difficulties and trials and struggles, whatever it is that we go through, we can recognize those things as within God's control, within his will, because as it says in Romans, that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And that in those things, in everything, we should give thanks, as it says in 1 Thessalonians 5. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God. True, genuine gratitude moves us to humbly acknowledge the grace that we have received, as it did for this Samaritan leper. And we see the opposite from these nine lepers, perhaps who had a sense of entitlement, almost as if when they received it, they sort of deserved it and they did not feel that sense of gratitude and undeservedness and of grace that had been bestowed upon them. We see that based on their actions. And that's so wrong. Everything that we have is a gift from God. 
And when we understand that, it will produce in us a heart of gratitude and move us to humbly acknowledge it like this leper did. And finally, as we wrap up here, finally, first we see that his gratitude moved him. His gratitude was obvious. His gratitude humbled him. And finally, his gratitude was not misplaced, but rather it was given or directed to whom it was due. It was not misplaced. Look what it says here at the end, or in verses 15 and 16. When he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at Jesus' feet, giving him thanks. Giving him thanks. His gratitude was not misplaced, but rather it was given or directed to whom it was rightfully due. This Samaritan knew who had healed him. He knew who it was that had brought healing to him. And he went straight to Jesus and fell at his feet and thanked him. His thanksgiving was not sort of a generic thanksgiving, but it was very specific. It was very directed. And I think that really contrasts the difference of the thanksgiving that we see within society and within this world, even on a weekend like this, where many people are gathering together and they're celebrating Thanksgiving. And in many ways, it's very generic. It's very, it's very much, we should all just kind of be thankful for whatever. It lacks specificity. It's not very specific and it lacks direction. But we see a difference here with this Samaritan man. He knew who had healed him. He went straight to Jesus and he thanked him. He he directed his thanks appropriately. And again, I don't want to speculate here, but I can only imagine, again, contrasting the other nine lepers, you know, who were ungrateful, you know, in that moment, rushing off to the priest, um, realizing that they had been cleansed, and then going to that priest and, and he declares them clean. And in that moment, I'm sure they were very thankful in a very generic sense. And, you know, it's, it's almost silly to think this, but imagine them almost saying to that priest, like, thank you, you know, thank you for declaring me healed. It's almost like they've totally misdirected um, the grace that had been given to them and the thanksgiving that was due to whom it was due. And so often we do this. It happens. It, we, we, our, our, our thanks is, is so general or it's so misdirected. And I see this all the time in, 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 in my own immaturity as I, as I was a child or even in, in, in my own children. You know, sometimes they'll come up to me after dinner and they'll, you know, sort of just out of a habit, they'll say, oh, thank you for dinner. May I please be excused? And, you know, sometimes I'll correct them and I'll say, well, no, go thank your mother. She was the one who made dinner and, and you should thank her. But it's sort of like we, we, we almost get into this habit or this routine of, of, you know, not being genuine in our thanksgiving. And in, in doing that, we misdirect it and we misplace it. And we forget who is truly worthy of our gratitude. And I think the example here in scripture is clear that first and foremost, our thanksgiving should be towards God. 
If we look at this example here, right away, the first thing he did, it says he turned back and with a loud voice he glorified God. He thanked God first and then he went to Jesus and he fell at his feet and thanked him. It says the one who had healed him specifically. His gratitude was given and directed to whom it was due. And it was not necessarily one or the other, but it was both. And if one or both of these are missing... If one or both of these were missing, in this case here, he would have been an error. You know, he would have been an error if he had only thanked God, but not went to Jesus and thanked him, or if he had skipped God completely and went to Jesus and thanked him. It was it was both of them together. The honor and the thanks was due to God first, because he was the one, the miracle could not have happened without his power. He was the one who... who, who um, gave the power for this to be done, and then also to Jesus, who deserved the thanks, because he was the one who had actually healed him. And we see both of these here, and we must never forget to give, to extend our gratitude to whom it is due. Again, first and foremost to God, and then secondly to the one who has given to us. And, you know, sometimes we use the phrase, um, sort of a cliche almost, um, and sometimes we use this just out of habit, the, the, the phrase, thank the Lord in you. And um, I don't think it's good as a habit. I think it's good if we really mean it. And it's good because it rightly directs the praise first and foremost to God and then to the person to whom we are giving thanks. And that really is the way that it should be because anything short of giving glory first to God is in essence robbing him of the thanks and the glory that he deserves for it. And similarly, even just sort of within that context, also in the sense of receiving thanksgiving, we are to give the credit to God. And we do sometimes say that. If someone thanks us for something, we say thank God. And that's a good thing that we should do because ultimately everything that we do that is praiseworthy, is for the glory of God. As it says in 1 Corinthians 10, um, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. But first and foremost, our gratitude and our thanks goes to God. And then secondly, we give credit to whom it is due. And I think so often, just to illustrate this or give an example of this, is that we tend as people to give thanks to those who are in the spotlight. And it's almost as if if they receive all the credit. But oftentimes, those who are not in the spotlight, who work so hard and diligently, are the ones who are really worthy of our thanks. And just being mindful of that and considerate of that fact, um, we, we should make sure that our thanks is not misdirected. Or, or perhaps another way to put it is out of proportion. We must be cautious of this fact, and, and that might mean, just as, a, as another example, going to someone who is not in necessarily a role that is very obvious and seems like an obvious thankworthy, but to find those whom we can thank who are diligent in what they've been called to. Maybe on the baptism weekend to go into the kitchen and to thank the ladies who worked through all of the services to prepare the meal. Oftentimes we don't give credit where credit is due, but we see the example of this Samaritan leper here, that he gave credit where credit was due, first and foremost to God, and then to whom it was due. And we, are, we do well to follow his example. And we can see through all of this um, a, a model, a beautiful example, through all of these things. First, that his thanks, his gratitude was 
um, moved him. Secondly, it was obvious. Thirdly, it humbled him. And finally, it was directed, it was not misplaced, it was directed to whom it was due. This Samaritan leper received both, as I said, physical and spiritual healing in that day. He received grace, he recognized that grace, and it overflowed in a heart of thankfulness. And in the end, beautiful, he heard these words from Jesus, these beautiful words, Arise and go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. And may the example of this Samaritan that he has given to us challenge us to examine our own lives and consider our own lives, whether we have a heart of gratitude and that we would, who, we who have received the grace of God would recognize that grace and ultimately that it would overflow in a heart of gratitude that is visible to all. And may God work these things in our heart and may he bless us uh, to this end. Amen.